How do you teach children to respect their parents? Not by what you say, but by what you do. They watch us. That little boy, that little girl watches mom and dad. Their eyes watch. Their ears listen. They watch how we respond to circumstances. They watch how we respond to people. Our children learn to respect us by our actions far more than by our words. So teaching obedience without teaching respect isn't sufficient. Welcome to In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. We're glad you've joined us. Do what I say, not what I do. That phrase pretty well sums up the child-rearing practices of many parents today. But in today's opening remarks, we were reminded that children, like all of us, draw conclusions more from actions than from words. Today's program continues our summer study of Ephesians. Chapter 6 gives us guidelines for raising our children right. The title of this message is Raising Your Children Right. And if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath or to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, you and I may ask the question, why is it that some children seemingly turn out so well and some others don't? Both of them have parents who are saved. Both children have parents who are involved in the church. And yet, some seemingly do the right thing and some seemingly fail to do the right thing. Well, it's very evident that parents who are saved and involved in the church do not necessarily mean that their children are going to do the right thing. It doesn't mean that their children are being raised properly. So when you talk to young people and you ask them, what have your parents done right? What have your parents done wrongly from your point of view? It's interesting how so many of them come up with the very same answers to that question. So what I want to share with you out of this passage is not only what God says, in chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, but in listening to what young people have said, asking them, those who seemingly have succeeded or in the process of succeeding in life, what did your parents do that you believe were right? What are the mistakes that they made that caused you heartache or caused you at times to want to rebel? How do we raise our children? Now, I believe there are three things to start with that every child needs. In order to have a healthy emotional outlook on life. Since we're talking about children, it's needed in everybody because all of us were children once. And three things I want to start with, and we'll elaborate on these as we go along because there are different facets of this. If we're going to raise them right, should be raised in a home where in their emotions they feel three things. They feel like they belong to this family. Secondly, they feel a sense of worth. They are treated as individuals who are worth something. Their opinion is worth something. The sense of worth, and number three, where they feel competent as a child to do what is required of them and what they're called upon to do. That's the foundation, that your child needs to grow up in an environment where he or she feels like they really belong. I'm wanted where they are worthy. That is, they count. The parents value them 
and their opinions and their presence, and they're somebody precious to their parents. And number three, that the parents make the child feel that they're competent, they're adequate, and that they're able to do whatever God requires of them, and they can do what the parents require of them. Those three emotional feelings, outlooks, attitudes are absolutely basic to the good spiritual and mental, moral, and emotional health of any child. Now, notice how he begins here when he says, children, obey your parents and the Lord. That's the only command in the Bible given to children. All the rest of them are given to adults. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So, let me give you a list of things that I believe are essential to raising children right. As I thought about it tonight, I almost wept. I've made a lot of mistakes, but at least I've been willing to say, I've made a mistake, I've blown it, and I want you to forgive me. But I believe God's taught me some right things. I've listened to enough kids talk and to enough parents weep. I believe there's some right things that all of us can grasp. And my friend, our greatest, most effective teaching, it can be wrongly done, but our most effective teaching is by what we are before them and not by what we say. So if you wait till they start listening to you when you think they can understand you, you are already years too late in raising your children right. The first thing that God says about raising children is this. Number one, we must teach them to respect authority. This is what he says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. How do you teach your children to respect authority? You do not teach them to respect authority by telling them, now son or daughter, there are other authorities in life. There are your parents, there is the church, there is the government, and you can just list all of the authorities that they'll have to deal with, like school and all the rest. You know how children learn to respect authority? By watching their father and mother respect the authorities over them. When parents disobey the authorities over them, children learn to disobey authority. If they see daddy getting away with disobedience, they will try the same thing. If a parent boasts of how they have violated authority, violated law, got by with something, what does the son want to do? Well, if my dad can do it, I can do it. We teach them to obey authority, which is the first command that God gives them and gives us for them, teaching them to obey authority. If they don't obey the authority of their father, if they don't obey the authority at the school, if they don't obey the authority at church, they don't obey the authority in government, they are not going to obey God. Did you know that you cannot bypass those other authorities and obey God? If a child learns to rebel against lesser authority, he will rebel against the authority whom he cannot see. If a child learns that he can violate the authority of his father and get away with it, why in the world should he obey the authority of one whom he cannot see? He will not. That is the basic issue in teaching our children. They must learn to obey authority. The man or the woman who lets them do anything they please because after all they're children, I want to tell you, you're doing them a great disservice because God said, children, obey your parents. Who in the world is going to teach your children to obey the parents unless it is mom and dad? Nobody else can really teach them that effectively. 
No one can teach them like father and mother. But for example, if father and mother are in continuous disobedience to the authority over them, whether it's on their job or you go home and you violate what the Scripture says about gossip and criticism, and let's say, for example, of course, you'd never do this to me. You go home and you say, I can't stand that pastor. I mean, I can't stand those sermons. <laughs> you know what you're doing? You're teaching your children not to obey spiritual authority. So when he grows up, what does he do? He says, well, I don't have to do that. My parents didn't do it. I don't have to do it. How do you teach authority? By living under it. You know what the centurion said when he came to the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, I am a man under authority, and I have many under my authority. He recognized the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was under the authority of His Father while He was here on earth. All of us have authority over us. And if we're going to teach our children the basic premise of living in this society, God says, teach them authority. Don't let them leave home in a state of rebellion. Teach them authority first and foremost in the home, but do it in a loving manner. How is it to be taught? It is to be taught firmly, fairly, and consistently. Those three words are very important. They're to be taught to obey their parents. They're to be taught it firmly, fairly, and consistently, showing no favoritism toward the others. Number two, teach them to honor their parents. You see, if you have obedience without honor, you know what you have? Hypocrisy. For example, if a child obeys his father because he's afraid of the consequences but does not honor his father and mother because of who they are, then what you have is you have a time bomb. It is submission to authority until they can get out from under that authority, and then they're going to have a problem. Respect for parents. How do you teach children to respect their parents? Not by what you say, but by what you do. They watch us. That little boy, that little girl watches mom and dad. Their eyes watch. Their ears listen. They watch how we respond to circumstances. They watch how we respond to people. Our children learn to respect us by our actions far more than by our words. So teaching obedience without teaching respect isn't sufficient. He says, children, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, that is the quality of your life. Listen to this. He says, if you obey your parents and you respect them for who they are, God's designated authority to teach you and train you, if you honor your parents as such, he said your quality of life will be well, and your quantity of life may, he says, that you may live long on the earth. Does that guarantee everybody who's obedient to long life? Not necessarily. But what he's saying here is this. There is a quantity of life and a quality of life that is a gift of God to those children who learn to respect and honor their parents. Now, I would not go so far as to make this next statement, though I've read it by someone whom I respect, but I don't, don't think I have thought through it further enough and long enough to say, yes, I do agree with this. But there are those who say, in the areas in which you disobey your parents, violate the principles they've taught you, principles that are right, and show disrespect for them all of your life, you'll have a problem in that area. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say that all of your life you will. I will say this. I believe there is a little niche in your temperament, a little niche in your thinking that probably for years of your life you will have difficulty in the area in which you rebel towards your parents. Now, I think there's a great deal of evidence for what they say. 
And I see in the lives of a lot of people, I look in my own life and think, well, now what about this? Is this true? Are there areas of my life that I still have difficulty with wherein I may have disobeyed or rebelled or showed disrespect for my parents? But it's something for us to seriously consider in raising our children. Because if they see it in us, they're naturally going to repeat many things that you and I do. In fact, they're going to think like us. In fact, did you know when your children get away from you, they probably act more like you when they're away from you than while they're at home young growing up. Because what happens is the roots which you planted within them early in life, the older they get, what happens? They just show forth more fruit. But first of all, the basic foundation is teaching them to honor authority, teaching them to respect their parents, that is to honor their parents as their parents because God gave parents the children. That is, God has given you to your children in order to train them and discipline them and raise them up in order that their lives may glorify God. So, how do children learn respect? When the father and the mother show respect each for the other, the children learn to respect their parents. When parents respect authority, children learn to respect authority. It is not by words, it is by action. And when we violate it, what we do is we teach them to attempt to violate the laws, and as a result, they suffer the consequences. A third thing, if we're going to raise our children right, we must accept them as they are. Now, what do I mean by that? You just love them. You accept them just the way they are. It doesn't make any difference what their condition is. You accept them as they are. They are God's gift to us, and we accept them as God's gift. Friend, if you want to see a child who is absolutely destined for rebellion, you show me a child whose parents do not accept them as they are. That is the opposite of acceptance is rejection. He says, don't provoke your children to anger. And any child who feels rejected by their parents, and there are lots of ways to reject a child. There are covert ways. There are overt ways. There's just out-and-out out rejection. And then there are other ways that you and I can reject our children. How is that, for example? Let me express what I believe is a very vital issue at this point, and the end result in a lot of children is they interpret this as rejection from their parents. I would never tell somebody what they should or what they should not do in their family. That's up to them and between them and God and each other. But let me just say this. There are many mothers who have to work because they have to help put bread on the table. But mothers who work because they want a bigger house or a bigger this and a better that, and they still have little children at home, I want to tell you, my friend, with all of my heart, we are raising, we are rearing an angry generation of children who do not feel loved and accepted by their parents. And one of the subtle ways that we give a message of unacceptance, a subtle way in which we give a message of rejection, is that mother is never at home. She's out working so she can give them more. When a kid doesn't want, he wants more of his mother than he does things. Now, I understand that there are mothers who have no husband home. They have to work. I understand that. I grew up that way. My mom was always gone in the first years of my life because it was just my mother and myself. She had to work. 
and somebody kept me today and somebody else tomorrow and I was tossed around hither and yon. And I'm going to tell you, that does something on the inside of you. It creates a sense of loneliness. And I realized years and years later in my life how I would feel lonely. I knew that I was loved by multitudes of people, but I felt lonely. And I can look back and feel, remember, how lonely I felt in a house all by myself because the one person who was all of my security was never there. Now, I want to tell you something. You think it's not affecting your child, and then you think you've got to have bigger this and more that I want to tell you one of these days, you're going to regret it, and your children are going to hurt. He said, well, look at you. It didn't hurt you too much. You don't know how I've hurt, and you don't know what I've been through. And you don't know the kind of pain that I've suffered as a result of a circumstance I had nothing to do with. But I want to tell you, my friend, it hurts. You may be one of those. You've got a career, and you may take that the way I said it. I hope you did. Because I don't believe if you've got small children that you have any business walking away and leaving them. Now, when your children get up and gone, they're very talented, gifted women who have no business just staying around the house washing dishes. I agree with that 100%. They ought to become involved in the Lord's work, and they ought to be doing whatever God has gifted and talented them to do. But a few years of your life, surely you can give to those precious little ones who are going to live for eternity. Accept them. You see, walking away to a job is a subtle form of rejection to a little child. And I believe if you're going to raise them right, they need you, not somebody to substitute for you, because I'm going to tell you, it hurts, it hurts long, and it hurts deep, and it causes problems in your life that nobody else in the world can ever figure out. And I'm here to tell you, I know what I'm talking about. There's no substitute for mom being at home. Well, how do you raise them right? You give them time with you. And you know, one of the wisest things I ever did is I bought a travel trailer. And I bought one uh, when my kids were three and six years of age. And I learned on the first trip, it was the smartest thing I'd ever done because they said, Dad, we've got you all by ourselves." Because you know what was missing on that travel trailer? A telephone. <laughs> when you and I spend time listening, talking, wrestling, fighting, sitting by the bed and telling stories. You know what they're saying? They're saying, boy, am I important? My dad, my dad came in. You see, we forget out of their little minds how precious and valuable that time is. You know what most kids say? I had a fellow said to me the other day, he said this to me, he said, you know, not only has my dad never hugged me, he said, I don't believe that I could ever remember in growing up, my daddy ever spending any time just with me, just by myself. Did you know that a kid loves that? That makes that child feel valuable. He belongs. That's my daddy. My daddy thinks I'm so important. He's spending time with me. Give him a little time if you're going to raise them right. Thanks for joining us on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. His message on raising your children right continues tomorrow. Children obviously need to be cared for physically and materially, but it's easy for busy parents to sometimes forget that equally important is their child's need for love, acceptance, and time. 
If you'd like to learn more about biblical child-rearing and many other topics, visit us today at intouch.org. And you can also connect to our online bookstore to order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, Raising Your Children Right, or order his teaching set, Discovering Our True Identity. Again, log on to intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia 30357. Do you have some favorite programs you watch in the evening? Coming up in today's moment with Charles Stanley, he gives us a good reason to turn them off. Stay with us. Photography gives me an opportunity to share my heart, to share the truth of God's Word. I want to capture something that God uses to send me a message so I can share it with you. For years, Dr. Charles Stanley has used photography to express his love for God's handiwork. Now we want to share a beautiful print from his personal collection with you. Brighten your day and any space with this one-of-a-kind piece of artwork. To get your free photo print, go to intouch.org slash free. Does your prayer life need a jump start? With the InTouch Praying with Purpose cards, the time you spend talking with God will take on a whole new level of energy and intimacy. Beautifully designed and easy to use or to share with a friend, there are prayers to lift up each day of the month along with corresponding Bible verses and more. For your set of Praying with Purpose cards, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org slash store. Time is precious, and there are so many things we need to do and want to do. But there is a way to maximize your parenting influence. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Probably the most precious time in a child's life is right before they go to sleep at night. They're sort of getting relaxed, thinking about the day, thinking about tomorrow. In comes Dad and sits down. And I can remember how many times I sit down by the bedside. I've told some stories so many times. I mean, I told them and told them and told them. You know why? They said, one of my children would say, tell me one more time. Now, sometimes I think I was getting faked out about the time they didn't want to go to sleep. So what? You know what? Years later, who cares? What's 15 more minutes against a lifetime? Spending time with them right before they go to sleep I believe may be the most valuable time in that child's life. You know why? Here's the reason. What dad or mom says right before they go to sleep is what sinks into their mind and in their subconscious and they sleep with it all night long. That's why it's good to go to bed praying, go to sleep praying. Because what happens? The last thing you thought about was the Lord and the first thing you think about in the morning probably will be Him. Let me just say this to you. If you have to make a choice of watching the exciting end of your favorite program on television, uh, going in there and sitting down on the side of the bed and loving your child, friend, don't you be so foolish as to watch the end of the program. What difference does it make how it ends? It makes a whole lot of difference how your child goes to sleep. I believe that some of the richest, most valuable time in a child's life right before they go to sleep at night. Learn more about living an intentional Christian life at intouch.org. If you'd like to hear today's message again, you'll find it on our website, plus an entire library of messages in our audio archives. 
You can also download podcasts and take In Touch along with you. Our web address again is intouch.org. We'll continue looking at Ephesians chapter 6 tomorrow. Be back to dig out more principles for raising your children right Wednesday on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts.